All right, welcome to episode 31 of Kenny and the Coaches. I've got a special guest co-host today, Empire Coach J.C. Powers. Coach, thanks for doing this with me today. Well, thanks for asking me. I can't believe it's you're in your 30, what'd you say, 31? 31. Wow. Yeah, kind of, I didn't, yeah, well, I didn't think it'd be going this long, and now it's almost like, you know, I'm not running out of people, but it's kind of getting harder and harder to find people to do it, you know, to, just to get in touch with them. So that's why you asked me to be on then. Yeah. You're yeah. running out of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I knew that you knew this guy that we're, that we're having today, and I was like, yeah, well, let's see if Coach Powers can, can get him on. Yeah, Talby's a good guy. Now, this is going to air on August 28th, but, you know, we're recording it in the summer house summer been for you it's been good it's been a great summer um it's hot super hot right now which i know you enjoy but (laughs) and i tend to enjoy uh you know the the heat of the summer but man it's it's a little too hot for me lately yeah you hadn't been out running in it i did actually this week i did um tuesday morning It, it was about 9 30 10 o'clock and uh it was already hot yeah now you know i don't know what it was at that time but does that bother you running in when it's hot like that no not really i i think um the boys yesterday we went to swim and they mentioned running a marathon in it and i don't (laughs) i don't think i could do that i don't know if anybody could do that but i um I don't know. Extreme temperatures don't bother me much. I grew up in West Texas. Yeah. You know, we ran track in the heat, and we ran cross country in the snow, mm-hmm. and so um, extreme temperatures usually help me out because you know I wasn't the most athletic one out there, but I could tough it out. Yeah, you know, like I've I've always been like, I'm kind of weird this way, and I've had people tell me I'm dumb for doing this, but I always like running when it's the hottest. I always, and that's just the mindset. You, you you're getting the cardio no matter if you're running any time of day, but still, it's like I always feel like I'm getting more work out of it out of it if I'm like sweating real hard or something. Right. Like that. I don't know. I'm I'm weird like that though. I'll, yeah, I prefer to run you're like two a little more weird about that than I am. <laughs> Yeah, and I said I didn't run. There was we had a a day during the summer, which was yesterday. It was like in the one teens. I wanted. I, I was telling someone. I was like, I want to go run in this just to say I've ran in a hundred and yeah, in a hundred teens. No, I didn't. I talked myself out of it. I was like, yeah. no one was around, but my youngest Cameron. You know, he's eleven years old, and I was like, I don't think I want to put him in that spot if I'm you know right. two miles out and calling back hey i know you can't probably reach the pedals but i need you to drive down here and pick me up <laughs> and go get the gator yeah. Yeah. or something oh, Lord. yeah it was almost hard to breathe yesterday it was it sure was now yeah. enough about running i'm sure people are like oh, all these weird runners yeah uh, how do you know our uh, our guest today talby was the boys coach at Braydol when i took he took the boys' job at Bray when I took the girls' job. So my first coaching job was an assistant at Empire in 05, I believe. And then I stayed at Empire 
oh, three or four years and then took the head girl's job at Ray Dole. And he had, he had just come out of winning, oh, don't get me lying to you, he'll clear this up, but I think he won back-to-back state championships. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow Kevin McKinley got him to come down here to Bray and he was our boys coach and man it was a blessing for me because you know how it is your first head coaching job I mean it's a lot different than being an assistant Mm -hmm. and I was the assistant coach for Rodney Stratton and he you know did a great job and I learned a lot from him but it's still just it's just different Mm -hmm. and um you know Talby had a wealth of knowledge and he'd kind of been there done that but he's one of those guys that's super confident but he's he's not arrogant if that makes sense he oh, yeah. mm-hmm. he kind of, you know he could have been kind of like that towards me and he wasn't he was very supportive of the girls program and you know would go above and beyond to help me and um, he actually was my assistant coach he assisted me and I assisted him mm-hmm. is how they did it. You know, I'm sure it was to get him more money somehow, but that was all right. Cause I've benefited from it. Um, so we spent a lot of time together and, uh, hit my husband and, and Talby got to be good buddies. And, you know, I, I, um, got close with his kids and his wife and family. They were just a good, a good family. Yeah. And now from, from Bray, he went on to a whole lot bigger things, didn't he? Right. Then he went to, I believe, Stillwater, somewhere up in that, maybe Stillwater, but he coached girls. Mm-hmm. So he coached boys. I think he'd always coached boys. And then after leaving Bray, he coached girls for a few years and then went from that to, I believe, maybe junior college. Um, was his next step Mm -hmm. and you know then UT Arlington and now he's at OSU yeah that's that's quite the jump (laughs) yeah yeah you talk about an X's and O's guy though he's one of those guys that can just sit there and watch and then draw something up and if he has kids that are basketball savvy enough to run it Mm -hmm. I mean he can just pick an offense apart or a defense apart and then defensively, he is one of those guys that I feel like truly believes defense, you know, is where it's at. It's what wins championships, and his kids would always defend you. Yeah. You know, just solid, fundamental defense, and um, which is how I, you know, I love defense. So. Yeah. Um. I obviously benefited a lot, yeah. a lot from him being at Bray. Yeah. Well, let's bring him in. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. If you follow the link I put on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page or on Twitter, which is at Kenny Coaches, You don't have to listen through the Anchor app. You can subscribe to us for free on several podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Now back to the show.
All right, welcome back to Kenny and the Coaches with special co-host, Empire Girls basketball coach, J.C. Powers. And let's bring in our guest today, whom Coach Powers knows pretty well. He is the Director of Recruiting for the OSU Girls basketball team, Coach Talby Justice. Coach, thanks for joining us today. You bet. Thank you for having me. Now, how I think uh, everybody kind of has a – Coach J.C. Powers' story. How how do you know Coach Powers? <laughs> how do you know Coach Come Powers? Come on now, Coach K. Yeah. How do you know Coach Powers, and what what's your relationship been like with her over the years? Well, I, we first met uh, the year I was at Bray Doyle with her. She was coaching the girls, and I was coaching the boys, and and uh, I assisted her with the girls, and uh, and so that was my first opportunity to kind of get to know her. I, I think she was teaching science there at the time, and. And uh, we had an office space up there in the gym that we, um, you know, shared and, and just had a lot of, uh, you know, time together to, to kind of work off of each other and learn from one another. And, and uh, anyway, just, just formed a, a relationship with her and her husband and her, her family. And, and uh, it's been one of those that uh, has just stuck, you know, for, for a long time. And I've sure enjoyed um you know, just getting to know them even more as, as time goes on and, and seeing their family uh, grow up. And some of that happens through social media and then some phone calls between us from time to time. And, and I've had a hunting trip or two with her husband. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. so it's just been a, a neat relationship, um, you know, that's developed for, for quite a few years now. Yeah, you know, she you didn't hear this part, but before you came on, she was talking about, how she, you know, kind of values your knowledge of the game. And I kind of – I came to realize that because I remember – I don't even know if Coach Powers remembers this or not. We were coming back from a district basketball game a couple of years ago, and I was driving the bus, and she was sitting there talking to me, and she was asking, you know, what do you think I should do? Or, you know, just kind of asking strategy-type stuff. And I kind of threw it out there. And before I could even finish, she was like, you know what I ought to do? I ought to call – I'll call Talby and see what he thinks. I was like, oh, well, okay. Just for, for, forget what I had to say. <laughs> I didn't mean to trump you, Coach. <laughs> yeah, that's when we were playing Vi-Sai. Yeah. I was trying to get some defensive strategy and how to guard two six-foot-two post players yeah. and one really, really fast point guard. <laughs> yeah. I remember that conversation coach yeah you had some good advice we tried it it worked when we did it <laughs> just it's sometimes easier said than done but yeah no, we came out of that game pretty good we went on a roll after that so good. so it must have sparked something i i just I had to walk down to the pond and jackson has to fish you know and make sure he had had a heat stroke <laughs> <laughs> now Coach Justice, how did you make the jump from being a high school coach to the college ranks? I mean, I think a lot of people, when they get into coaching, I I don't know, some people probably have the dream of coaching at the college ranks. Was that something that was kind of something that you wanted to do, or how did that kind of come about? So it was kind of an interesting time in my life. I just um, honestly just left Bradle, came came here to coach um, uh, the Ripley girls. And about that time, Kurt Budke, um, Randa Cerna, Jim Littell, um, Bruce Erickson was the Dobo at the time. 
uh, they had just got the job here at Oklahoma State. Um, and I had a couple of young ladies from a little town called Burlington that I had coached at. Mm-hmm. They, uh, family friends of ours, um, they came and stayed at our house. And I was bringing their two little girls to basketball camp here at Oklahoma State. And uh, I just, without any intent or anything, um, you know, when, when I was bringing those two little girls up here to, to Gallagher to go to the little kid camp, um, I just, you know, ran into Coach Brad Key and congratulated him on, you know, getting this job here and, and uh, just told him I coached basketball at a small school, you know, on the east side of Stillwater and, mm-hmm. and that I would be here and if they needed any help with their camp that um, I'd be more than happy to help. And he said, free help? <laughs> I said, sure. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so that week, I, I helped them with their fundamental camp with the, with the little kids and kind of formed a relationship there. And then um, I started working uh, their elite camp, and they would give me the younger half of the elite camp, and I would just take them into the practice gym. I had you know 75 or 80 kids down there, and I would just work on fundamentals and some skill development things like that with those younger half so that so that he and his staff could um, focus and recruit the top half. And um, and so he kind of entrusted me with, with doing that job and helping build their camp here. And then uh, in return, he would let me bring my Ripley girls um, to the team camp uh, oh, yeah. here. And, and uh, so we would, uh, you know, come up here. And I, I had some really uh, competitive teams um, mm-hmm. when I was at Ripley and, and I think that, you know, they enjoyed watching my kids compete and, uh, Miranda talked to me about coaching with her, um, you know, at, at the college level, kind of being an X's and O's guy for her. And, um, and man, I was like, you know, the first time in my life I'd ever even kind of been talked to about that. You know, my dad was just small town high school coach. I was small town high school coach and, and, uh, and so it was kind of funny. I started praying a lot about that. That relationship grew a lot. Um, our, uh, I can't tell you, you know, uh, how many messages. I, it was just so strange how many messages I started to hear um, from from church and, and yeah. from different people. And, and uh, just a really a, a, a time in my life when I knew, like, God was directing me and my family. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and so, anyway, long story short, uh, just through a lot of confirmation, a lot of prayer, my wife and I, uh, we, we felt led to go out to New Mexico Junior College, and I got my first college coaching job out there with Drew Sanders, who's kind of an Oklahoma coaching uh, legend. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a great uh, basketball coach. At, was at Anadarko and Salisaw and Mm-hmm. And uh, had a lot of great girls basketball teams. I, I went out there and assisted him. And in our first year, we had the first conference championship, first regional championship, and finished third in the country. Um, and had had two really really good years with him. You know, winning back to back conference titles. And uh, and then after my second year with him, Krista Gerlich, who's now the head coach at Texas Tech, asked me to be on staff with her at UT Arlington. And, Mm-hmm. So I spent seven years with her, and my last two years, um, I was her associate head coach there. Um, and so that kind of sparked, you know, the, the college um, 
stuff and and uh you know i i would just say that i'm I'm really fortunate to have the family my wife my kids and Mm -hmm. um because you know all the transitions that that they've been through you know it does come with a price and and uh so i'm really thankful that i've had that family um that has supported me uh, Mm -hmm. through these types of things and and it feels good to to kind of for it to come back full circle and, and we're back home. How how big of a, you know, you said it's a big transition for your family. How big of a transition, not so much, you know, for you personally, but like as far as the coaching side of it, as far, you know, going from high school athletes to college athletes, what was that transition like? Yeah, um, you know, you, you get a lot more detail. Um, at the college level, you, you mm-hmm. have the resources to, to become a lot more detailed, honestly, you know, it, mm-hmm. there's, I think there's a lot of great high school coaches out there. Um, I know there are, you know, in the mm-hmm. state of Oklahoma, I, I, I really, I really believe that the coaches in this state, um, the amount of time that we spend at it and, and with our kids and, um, just the setup that we have, um, it really enables there to be a lot of tremendous coaches in this state and um, and it's unlike you know our neighbor to the south texas and our neighbor to the north in kansas i mean we just get to spend so much more time with our kids but um yeah but uh, you know i i do think that the biggest transition in terms of coaching is probably the amount of detail and then um you know i was probably more of a uh, like an x's and o's team oriented kind of thought process whenever I was a high school coach mm-hmm. but then as, as I got into college I became um, a little more in tune with skill development individual players skill, skill development at different um, positions and and things like that and again that kind of goes back to the you know the m- more detail that it starts to, to get for you mm-hmm. um, and then the other thing is just at the college level um, I, I know there's a lot of high school coaches that focused on this, and I, but I just didn't, to be honest with you. is like developing your culture, you know, of, of your program. It's at the college level, that's a real focal point. And uh, it was just something, you know, you, you develop a culture one way or the other, um, whether you focus on it or not. But at that time in my life, I wasn't really focusing on that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I didn't really know to do that until I got to the college level and, and, and learned that from – some of the great head coaches that I've had the opportunity to be around. Yeah, the X's and O's, that's kind of right up your alley, though. I mean, the being – Yeah, I, I love um, – you know, I, I love the strategies with, within a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I love figuring out how to stop people. I love um, – as I've developed, you know, more into coaching, I'm more in tune with, you know, different ways, uh, you know, to, to take opportunities of scoring and – and um, and things like that, but yeah, I I just love basketball and, and mm-hmm. love studying it and, and uh, coaching it for for twenty three years now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think that's something I never really thought about till you started till you said that about the X's and O's and not kind of developing that your mindset of like you know building culture until later on. I think there's a lot of people like that. I think there's a lot of coaches that kind of focus on the culture and the and and all that stuff and then there's guys that there's people that focus on the x's and o's and i think that's mm-hmm. once you figure out to merge those two you you're going to be a really successful coach that is exactly right and, and i and again i know i i 
you know, kind of uh, neglected that a lot early on. Yeah. Um, you know, in my career as a high school coach, I, mm-hmm. I just focus on, on the basketball part of it, make my players better, trying to yeah. get, get them in the yeah. right offense, right defense, those types of things. Yeah. Just really neglected the culture side of it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Coach Powers making speak on this too. It's one of those things you don't really think about, you know. Right. You think because uh, I, I, I'm assuming like when you played, you just you played because you loved the game and you didn't have to worry about. It. You knew you were going to work hard, you know, and you knew you were going to have that right mindset. But you know, that's not the same for all kids. Some kids you got to push a little more, you know. That's I never really thought about that. Yeah. Well, also I think, especially as a young coach, you don't feel like there's time, and I have to catch myself now just to remind myself that it's important for those girls to have team development outside of just the X's and O's of basketball. Mm -hmm. And I get so caught up in trying to get everything in that I don't feel like we have time to go have a team night or, you know, leave practice a little early to, to, I don't know, to have Bible study even, you know. And um, I've, as I've gotten older... I've tried to implement that more, but I definitely still need to do a better job of it. Yeah. Yeah, and plus, you know, some, oh, go ahead, Coach. Uh, sometimes I think it's also just the end-of-game conversation, you know, mm, uh, yeah. or a, or at the start of the practice, a, a two-minute um, quote conversation, how that applies to your team, that, that can develop a culture as well, and, and uh, just establishing – you know, expectations of, of how you want your kids to work and, and be together. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I think as much as uh, it's, it's an awesome thing to do those things, you know, uh, outside of practice time, but I also think um, just throughout your practices, you know, and really praising those kids that, um, you know, we all have them where maybe they're not the best player in the world, but they come to practice every single day and they push uh, their teammates to, to get better. And, and that is such an undervalued role. And it was just something that I, I feel like I neglected a lot yeah. um, as, a, as a high school coach. And, and it's just one of those things that you can't praise too much is that kid that just comes every day and makes her teammates better and, uh, and it's unselfish in doing that. I, I just think that's an awesome thing, and, and yeah. we really don't give it enough um, praise a lot of time. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, that's those are the kids, especially at the high school level, that's going to remember the things that you did for them. You know, a lot of times I think kids eventually realize they're not, you know, if they're not the, the top-tier athletes in your program, you know, they realize right. that after a while, and if they just think that they're the – the the tackle the tackling dummy or you know the person gets posterized every practice if you're praising them like you were saying they're going they're going to be the ones that come back to you years down the road and be like hey coach you know they're, they're they'll be the ones that remember you for sure now in the college game you're the director of recruiting how much stress is it being the director of recruiting i mean how much how much film do you have to sift through and watch Right. So you get a lot of. I feel like that's Telby's thing, though. He can watch. <laughs> he can watch game film. Yeah. I, I bet his wife is constantly saying, "Oh my gosh, can we do something else?" <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, even 
I like whenever I'm here in the office, you know, because I'm not, because uh, I'm on this phone call. I, I usually have a game up on on my TV screen. I'm about, I'm constantly on NBA TV, um, <laughs> just watching basketball. But but you know, you get. Uh, I bet I get five to ten emails every day from wow. you know prospects, kids that you know want to be at, at Oklahoma State and play here and. And uh, and so I, I always do um, you know watch watch some of those highlights to see um, you know what I think and if that's if that's a something that kind of catches my eye or, or maybe fills a hole that, that we need filled on on our team I'll forward that on to um, you know the other assistant coaches and and let them take a look at it and see if I get a response um, from from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but you know I'm I'm going to be honest with you uh, you know I, I really I'm not as stressed um, being uh, you know and, and a director of recruiting as, as I was you know the associate head coach at UTA or, or a head coach at the at the high school level mm-hmm. um, you know because you know at the end of the day you know as, and Stacy knows this like as a head coach you're making the decision. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of weight. There's a lot of stress that comes with those decisions. And I, don't, I truly, I don't care if you're at Bray Doyle or, or if you're at Oklahoma State. You, if you're a competitor, mm-hmm. it, it, you're gonna, you're gonna worry and stress and think and, and about all those decisions that that you make. As an assistant coach, you know, I make suggestions. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's a whole lot different than, um, true, than yeah. making the actual decision that that is either successful or, or unsuccessful and um, and so there is less stress you know that that comes with being um, an assistant coach an associate head coach a director of recruiting mm-hmm. you know it it's not um, as stressful as what those people you know are, are dealing with and and uh, so I definitely you know, I definitely remember, you know, those things, and mm-hmm. am extremely competitive, and and so I I know and have felt that stress, you know, so yeah, kind of interesting. You still there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It went it went real quiet for a second. I was like, oh no, I dropped everybody's call. Um, <laughs> do you have to make a lot of trips, or is that kind of in your thing, or do you have people you send out to? go visit you know that's another thing i'm i i miss it uh because i i do enjoy the recruiting part of it it's, it's another way for me to compete and yeah. and uh and figure out a way to win you know it's just something i've always wanted to do is win and and it didn't matter if it was on the floor in a recruiting battle mm-hmm. um you know I, I, mm-hmm. i've always went you know as far as i could possibly go to get that kid to go hey i'll you know, when I was at UTA, I want to be a Lady Maverick or here. I want to be a cowgirl or, you mm-hmm. know, uh, at Tulsa, man, I, I want to be a, a Golden Hurricane. You know, I, those those recruiting battles, I, I always look forward to and, and uh, wanted to have the strongest relationship I could have with those kids and their families. And and uh, and if I, you know, I, I've wrote letters to, you know, their pets before, you know, and yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, to... <clears throat> You know, drive out to their high school and put one of their high school T-shirts on, take a picture by their high school, you know, sign yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, just 
you know, I, I get a, I kind of get a kick out of doing some of that, trying to think outside of the box and, and uh, you know, whatever I need to do to try to help our program get better. Yeah. Now, going from the high school ranks to the college ranks, what do you think the biggest adjustment for athletes is? Definitely the speed of the game. Um, it, mm. it changed uh, dramatically. And then the physicality of it as well. Um, and then, you know, I think another thing that's hard is, uh, you know, you, a lot of times you go from high school where you've got a head coach and, and an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. But here you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a head coach, three assistant coaches, yeah. a director of recruiting, a director of player development, two GAs, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, you might, you might hear three instructions in the same possession from three different people. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, to be able to take all that in and for that to, you know, that, that it's just a little different. Sometimes that stresses some kids out, but that uh, you know at this level you're you're going to have six seven people in the gym with you that, that knows this game mm-hmm. really really well, and uh, and so there's a wealth of experience a lot of times there's a wealth of knowledge in the gym, and uh, and those kids being able to kind of soak that in, be a sponge, and and not let that um, you know kind of because there's some kids that that is really hard for them, oh, you yeah. know, to, mm-hmm. to kind of get used to. Um, but uh, those tough kids are smart, can handle that, and they just grow so much quicker. And uh, so it's kind of neat to see. Do you think that high school athletes coming into college are a little bit more prepared nowadays than they were probably at, say, five, ten years ago? Now, now say that one again. Would you do you think that the athletes coming in to college programs now are probably more mentally, physically prepared than they were, say, five, ten years ago? Oh, what? I I would say I would I would say that maybe we are. Man, I kind of hate to say this, but I, I'm just gonna be honest. I feel like maybe kids today at times are a little further behind the curve in some areas. Oh, really? Um, okay. Um, I think that I think that just the messages that kids get now throughout their lives is mm. just getting a little softer, you know, uh, with with time. And mm-hmm. I, I just really believe not, not that you know they have to always be hard truth, but but. Uh, Honest the truth. Kids to hear the the truth to grow, yeah. you know, and, and to get better, and and I just think, um, you know, it's getting harder to find uh, those kids that that can handle that, yeah, you know, day mm-hmm. in and day out. Um, and then the other thing I think too is is, uh, and I still I, I really do believe this about Oklahoma. I still think that there's a lot of really good coaches that uh, are teaching the fundamentals of the game. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, you, you go out to these tournaments and, you know, you, you watch kids compete and, and play and, and you'll find out pretty quick that this kid has no footwork going into their shot or mm-hmm. they don't know which foot is their pivot foot, you know, or, yeah. or just some of the passing um, habits, you know, 
mm-hmm. um, one-handed passes, you know, in in, uh, in traffic and, and just different little fundamental things that I feel like a, a lot of um, kids are maybe not getting um, as schooled in as, as maybe what they once were. Um, that, and, and I mean this, you know, in recruiting, um, I really do believe a lot of times I see a difference in an Oklahoma kid than I do a, a Texas kid. Your Oklahoma kids are more fundamental mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um, Texas kids are more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, uh, it's just kind of, it, it's just kind of interesting, you know, as you start to go out across the country and look at different, you know, um, kids from different parts of the country what you begin to recognize some of some of the strengths are you know of, of different places and mm-hmm. and Oklahoma is definitely a uh, it's a basketball fundamental IQ um, state you know and and when you start looking at kids from this state a lot of times that's what you get yeah yeah I think a lot of that is I've talked about this with coaches here about the amount of basketball that's played year round you know yeah. here, here in Oklahoma you know it's like Seems like every weekend, even whenever school starts, whenever it's you know your fall sports are going, it's somebody's playing in an AAU tournament somewhere, or you know it's. It seems like as soon as basketball's over, we've got kids trying out for AAU teams to play all summer long. So I mean, I I, I see what you're saying there. It seems like they just do a lot. There's a lot of basketball being played in Oklahoma. Yes, there is. Now another thing with the college athletes, you've been around a lot of, you've seen a lot of college basketball players. What is it that you think separates the like the the elite athletes from the rest? I mean, because if you if you made it to the college ranks, you're a pretty good player. What do you think it is that separates those those ones that can go on to the NBA or the WNBA? What is it that you think separates them? Gotcha. Yeah. Um... You know, I had a chance when I was at UT Arlington. We we shared our arena with the Dallas Wings, mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Agler was their head coach. I got to spend a, a ton of time with him. He would let me in locker rooms. He'd let me be a part of their mm, um, that's cool their scouting reports. Um, I got to oh, wow. you know be a, a part of and, and help with individual uh, skill development with with those players. Oh wow. Uh, so that was a really unique time for me, and, and uh, you know, I got to I got to really see players at that level. And, and I'm going to tell you one thing about those women in the WNBA, and, and I'm not going to say it's a bad thing at all. It's just who they are. They are edgy. Oh, yeah, I mean, they kind of wake up mad. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how else to really say it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, they're. they're uh, a lot of them, you know, just not very nice. You know, I mean, they're just, they're just, uh, um, they're there to compete and win. You know, mm-hmm. and and there is a, definitely an edge to those people. And um, I grew to respect that and see that. And where a lot of people are like, man, I I don't like that. You know, yeah, you, you might not like it, but but the fact of the matter is. That's why they are where they're at and, and you know, their experience and what they're getting the, the opportunity to experience. They're tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can tell you this, too. Just, you know, again, it, you know, I'd, I'd love to tell you that Skylar Diggins and I were real close and all that. But, you know, <laughs> if you just didn't have time 
for a relationship. <laughs> you know? yeah. so she was the first one in the gym, and uh, she'd be there in the morning uh, in the weight room about 6, 6.30. I'd, I'd come walking through, and, man, she's already in there getting a lift in, and then she goes over to the gym, and, and uh, you know, she's, she's in the practice gym, and then, and then she goes and takes care of her baby back home, and then she comes back that afternoon and gets another workout in. And, wow. And, you know, just I, I will say I, I really believe that at this level, you know, you, I told one of our players this just last week. I said, you've got to love the gym like an old man loves fishing. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah. it's like when there's some downtime, you know, the old man goes, you know, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, wet a line here and go, go do a little fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, you know, as a Division One basketball player, you gotta be like, you know, I got a little free time here. I'm gonna go to the gym, get some shots up. Yeah. Yep. You know, and and I'm gonna work on my game a little bit, and it's it's not something that you have to do. It's just something that you want to do. And uh, and so I, I think that your elite players, one, have that love that they they want to get in the gym, and um, you know, to to just get better and and. and Honestly, just because they enjoy it, nobody's making them. They just want to go in the gym and, or shoot after practice or shoot a little before practice. And um, but, and then but the second thing is that those really good ones, those special ones, they have an edge. Yeah. And <clears throat> it, it's kind of it, it's neat to see when all that comes together. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that was probably the same for <laughs> male athletes? Like any document or documentary you watch on Michael Jordan or – Oh, yeah. You know, um, any of them. They all have that edge that, as a teammate, if you don't love to compete, you probably don't like them very much. That's right. That's exactly right, JP. I, I, I'll say it. I, one thing that I think you can, a, a coach can kind of get caught up in, I know sometimes um, I maybe have, have done this, is kind of think someone like that has this kind of bad attitude, yeah. you know, yeah. try to correct it. And I'm, and again, I, there, sometimes there's a difference, but, but if it's just an edge and man, they, they are just wanting to go win. Man, we need to embrace that. Maybe just kind of point it in, in the right direction, but I'd be real careful about trying to change that, you know, in, in people, cause it, it can really drive someone to become great. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. It sure is. Now, it's probably our job to direct it, even though it's not easy when they're, you know, teenagers. But but you're exactly right. If you can teach them and help them direct it in the right path, mm-hmm. right direction. Yeah. Uh, jumping back in your high school coaching career, I mean, you had a lot of success at the high school level. Uh, what were some of your more memorable moments? Um, you know, in 2006, I had a, a group of boys at Glencoe that won state championship, and then they were state runner-up in 2007, and uh, that was that's definitely a memorable time, you know, in, in my coaching career, and, and to this day, I would say that's my biggest accomplishment as a coach, um, yeah. and there was, a, I think, 136 schools in Class B. Um, at that time, and, and uh, there were some, you know, there were some really, really good boys basketball teams. Um, 
going through at that time. Stringtown, Boynton Moton, Coyle, mm-hmm. uh, Ammon. I mean, there was just there was just a slew of really really good boys basketball teams, and and uh, for that group to to go through and, and win state championship and and do it in the way that they did it. Um, you know, I didn't know what I had at that time, but yeah. I had a really special group of young men that, that were smart and, and unselfish and very disciplined, very tough. And, uh, and for them to, to go win that is something I, you know, value a whole, whole lot. And I think I took a lot of things for granted that, you know, I was in my early thirties and thought mm. I was a pretty good coach, but realized I had a pretty good group of boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, uh, and so I, I, uh, and thankful for that. And about to say, uh, probably my my most enjoyable um, time was was uh, coaching at Ripley, coaching those girls for those four years. I and then I had a uh, close friend of mine that's still there. He coached when I left. He started coaching the girls. His name's Doug Scott. He's still the head boys and girls basketball coach at Ripley High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just a place that I, you know, really. I was home and and was coaching, you know, with, with a really good friend and and uh, was just in a really really good situation. That's hard for me to leave, um, mm-hmm. but uh, again, kind of going back to what I said earlier, I, I knew God was leading me mm-hmm. in, into coaching college, and um, and so uh, we decided to leave that. But uh, um, but it was definitely a very enjoyable time in my coaching career, and and we had. Uh, state semifinal run there with the boys. I, I was assisting Doug with the boys mm-hmm. and uh, and had good girls teams there. And so that was a, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, a great time in, in my coaching career. And as well, you know, I first started doing boys and girls junior high and high school at, at Burlington um, and Allen Cleo. You know, those kids mm-hmm. were just great kids and uh, kind of. You know, raised on the farm and and had good families and yeah. um, and so I had a lot of really good kids and and uh, and we had we had a lot of success with those kids as well. So um, yeah, it was it was it was neat doing all that. I got a lot of experience in a hurry <laughs> doing yeah. boys and girls. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, um, but still a lot of really good relationships. You yeah. know. Man, there's I, I've always kind of thought, you know, you see the state tournament games. Yeah, I mean the you're probably gonna have overall better athletes in the bigger classes. Your five A's and six A's. There's just something about watching small school basketball. I don't know, I've always preferred to watch small school basketball over, you know, the big the big schools. No, I I uh, I hundred percent agree with that. I I uh, you know I have a respect for all of it. No no question about it. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's something about taking, you know, you have classes of, you know, anywhere. I, I was at Burlington. We graduated seven in the senior class. So yeah. That was a little bitty. But, you know, Glencoe, when you have 25 or 30 kids in a class and, and you're you're going into a game with, you know, five players <laughs> that are capable of, you know, really going in there and playing, your yeah. sixth man is, you know, you have, you have to work with those kids to get them mm-hmm. to – uh, be able to function on that court, and and, um, and so that was just you know I agree with you. It's it's uh, it's tougher than I, in my opinion. It's 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 a really tough state title to win. Oh yeah, is that little state championship? I 
I mean, there's a whole lot more teams in there, and, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it's 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 tough. There's there's no doubt. Yeah, I've always said, you know, I'm I'm a football coach by heart, but I've just always said the toughest state championship to win is in Class A and B basketball. I mean, it's yeah. You know, if you if you've I, won I a state think. championship, you've done, really done something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, coach, I got one final question for you before I let you go, and thanks okay. for doing this today. Yeah, thank in, you. In all your years of coaching, who has been the best basketball player you've coached against? The best basketball player I've ever coached against? Yep. Sabrina and Nescu. Uh, she oh, uh, played okay. for Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in the WNBA today. But I can and, – and just that team um, that she was on, that was the year COVID hit. Uh, you know, that, that mm-hmm. Oregon team, we, we played them um, – in the Virgin Islands, oh, and uh, wow. that I think had had a COVID not hit. I'm I'm not sure that that team wouldn't have maybe went down as the best women's basketball team in the history of college. You yeah. know, women's basketball. They were unbelievable. You know, earlier that year they beat the Olympic team um, mm-hmm. in a in a like a preseason game, um, and. Uh, they were they were so good, and Sabrina Nesky was the the head of that monster. And uh, yeah. I can remember, you know, doing the scout for that um, for that team, and I was just floored at. Um, I had no answers. Like, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you know, they they bring her off these a lot of ball screens, particularly kind of in the middle of the floor, and and her ability. To uh, if if you tried to not switch, he was going to score it. Um, and if if you came to help, her ability to put the ball wherever the help was coming from, and and to put it there in a way where that person was ready to score it, like she could be driving the right side of the floor and, and throw a jump hook pass to the to the opposite corner, and that would hit that kid right in the nose. Yeah. You know, and, and she would, that kid would catch it, you know, with, with good rhythm in her feet and all the way up through her follow through and, and they could shoot it from all over the floor. And, and she was just such a great leader. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she, she was far and away, I would say the best, um, the best player I've ever had a chance to, you know, kind of scout against, coach against. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that's I a pretty that, uh, that's a pretty good one to pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coach Powers, okay, don't ask me now. <laughs> that's what I was say. Is, is yours What's anywhere that? close to that? Do what? Is it, I was going to say, is yours anywhere close to that one? No, I think we're going <laughs> to skip get my answer on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Coach, like I said, I appreciate you taking time to do this. Um, and Coach Powers, thanks for being on, co-hosting with me. And Coach Justice, good luck on the upcoming season. Hey, I appreciate it. And yeah, if there's, uh, you know, you guys be, be following the Cowgirls. we got some really exciting things happening here. Um, Coach Hoyt is uh, an outstanding leader for our program and just does a great job. 
uh, forming these relationships with, with our players that it takes to be successful. Our, our culture here is being built um, really, really strong. Um, I'm really excited about, about that leadership that she's bringing. Um, we have a really great group of young ladies that are, that are here and uh, their, their character is off the chart. I mean, I uh, really enjoy uh, coaching this group of, group of girls and, and getting to know them better each and every day. But there's some exciting things going to be happening here. And so if uh, you guys could follow us and come to some ball games, uh, and we'd love to see this place build up. Yeah, coming from this Sooner fan, I wish you all the luck. And um, <laughs> I I would love to get my girls down there and, and watch a game. They'd love yeah. it, I know. Yeah, well, you know you're welcome anytime and got tickets and all that stuff for you anytime you want to get down here. Big thanks to Coach J.C. Powers for stepping in as co-host today. I'm sure she'll be back on the podcast in the future along with other co-hosts. And another big thanks to OSU Director of Recruiting Talby Justice for doing the podcast today. Great person to talk with. And thank you for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. It's Kenny and the Coaches. That's Kenny with an E. Until next time.